welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, this is Buddy C. Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today we have Pip and Chris and Craig and Dennis and Lou. Good to have you guys. Announcements. This Saturday night on the 12th of March at 9 p.m. Eastern, Amy, who's not here tonight, will be telling her story at the Fourth Dimensioners nightly 9 p.m. meeting. So if you'd like to hear Amy's story, join us Saturday night, the 12th at 9 p.m. Eastern. The the link is zoomaameetings.com. We'll take you directly to the meeting. Uh, You need to be logged into your Zoom account for authentication. There's no password. Then next Tuesday, the 15th, I will be telling my story at the Fourth Dimensioners 9 p.m. Eastern meeting, uh, celebrating our two-year anniversary of uh, when we started that meeting when COVID started. Already been two years. When I started the meeting, I thought it would be two or three months, and it's two years, and a meeting every night with anywhere from 60 to 90 people. Sometimes we top 100. So if you come and come early, we we top at 100, and uh, I think we'll probably top out that night. But that's 9 p.m. on Tuesday, the 15th. Craig, you want to mention the Facebook group, sir? Dive around the sand and Facebook page. is exact same logo as what's on the the podcast. Join in. You can join the meetings. If you don't want to join the meetings, but you have something to mention about the meeting, then you can post that into the group as well, and we'll pick that up. And another, I'm I'm, I'm two thousand days sober on Sunday. So what? Get that in there as well. So what? Yeah, I know, but yeah, okay. There's still time to fuck up. I know. <laughs> Just seven years in my bubble, eh? Where's that dog picture I used to put up? You remember that? <laughs> Paul still sends me that. Paul H sends me that. He's um, he still sends me that one. It's uh, I used to kid Craig because it's I always told him it's about the moment he'd get all involved in all these numbers and days and times. It's it's important, but I like messing with Craig about it. No, I'm proud of I, th- it, I think I think what he says was my dog's been sober longer than you. Would you want a medal? Yeah. That was exactly what I said. That's exactly what you said. Yeah. What else? BuddyC.org. If you enjoy the Taoist recovery, uh, which you obviously do, or you would not be listening to this podcast, you go to BuddyC.org. You can sign up for a daily email that I'm uh, taking and writing a quote, a quote with a thought and an affirmation for every day. So I'm continuing with that. If you, I've gotten some feedback that folks are enjoying that. So. Uh, go sign up for that. It's free. It's not any, there's no hooks with that. And my interpretation of the Tao Te Ching, I've got some samples of that at buddyc.org too. Several pages of those, several verses if you want to check that out. And if you can't buy a copy of the book, I'm happy to send you a PDF. Just email me from the website and I'll get that to you. And we have that PDF posted in the Facebook group too. Uh, easy to get. It was a gift to me and, uh, I have to maintain it as a gift to everyone else. So 
what these gifts are for is to be given away. Our story today, good fortune. Master Key had eight sons. One day he called in a physiognomist, which is a person who can judge, uh, predict the future by facial characteristics. I looked it up, what this was. He lined up the boys and said, study their faces. Tell me which is the fortunate one out of all of his eight sons. After his examination, the expert said, Quan is the fortunate one. He was pleased and surprised. In what way, he inquired. The expert replied, Quan shall eat meat and drink wine for the rest of his days at government expense. He broke down and sobbed. My poor son, my poor son. What has he done to deserve this misfortune? What, cried the expert. When one shares the meals of a prince, blessings reach out to all the family, especially to father and mother. Will you refuse good fortune? He said, what makes this fortune good? Meat and wine are for the mouth and belly. Is good fortune only in the mouth and in the belly? These meals of the prince, how shall he share them? I am no shepherd, and a lamb is suddenly born in my house. I am no gamekeeper, and quails are born in my yard. These are awful portents or signs. I have no wish for my sons and myself, but to wander at liberty through earth and heaven. I seek no joy for them and for myself, but joy of heaven, simple fruits of the earth. I seek no advantage, make no plans, engage in no business. With my boys, I seek Tao alone. I have not fought life, yet now this uncanny promise of what I never saw. Good fortune? Well, he's upset. Every strange effect has some strange cause. My sons and I have done nothing to deserve this. It is an inscrutable punishment, therefore I weep. And so it happened sometime afterward that Ki sent his son Quan on a journey. The young man was captured by brigands who decided to sell him as a slave. Believing they could not sell him as he was, they cut off his feet. Thus, unable to run away, he became a better bargain. They sold him to the government of Chi, and he was put in charge of a toll gate on the highway. He had meat and wine for the rest of his life at government expense. In this way, it turned out that Quan was the fortunate one. Comments? Is any of that supposed to make sense? <laughs> well, who's the story about? It's a. It's not about Quan. It's about Key, right? It's about the father. Mm-hmm. Who finally got his way. Well, the father wanted to know which one of his sons was fortunate. He called in uh, uh, someone that could tell the mist. Yeah, I have a tough time pronouncing that. So, what, pronounce it for me, Craig. Physiognomist. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, work, we'll work on it tomorrow. We can, we can spend our hour tomorrow. <laughs> But now, this Master Key has been mentioned before in our uh, in our reading because I looked him up in the other stories. 
And there was one other story that he had been mentioned in. So uh, that we've already talked about the breath of nature back on page 38 and 39. So he was a wise man who followed the Tao, supposedly. But he's doing some things here that are not following the Tao, in my thinking. Mm. First of all, he's wanting to know the future and which of his sons are going. Why would he think one of his sons is going to have good fortune when he says that he, he describes what following the Tao is on 145, that I have no wish for my sons and myself, but mm-hmm. to wander at liberty through earth and heaven. I seek no joy for them and for myself, but joy of heaven, simple fruits of the earth. I seek no advantage, make no plans, engaging no business with my boys. I seek Tao alone. Well, he really, I don't think he was seeking Tao alone. He was seeking to know which of his sons was going to have good fortune. So that's not doing what he said that he was doing. So does well, he, wishes, he, he wishes for them to seek now. It says, I, I seek no advantage. And with my boys, I seek doubt. Like they, that was something they did together. Mm, okay. Um, if, if I'm reading it correctly, um, for some reason, key was not in acceptance. He, uh, there was something about the moment that he was not accepting. I was, are y'all familiar with the story of Job from the Bible? He had to kill his son. No, that's, that's, uh, Abraham and Isaac that he had to sacrifice his son, Isaac. But Hmm. Job is the oldest story in the Bible that was passed down way before there was, any of uh it's one of the oldest if not the oldest with the garden of eden story uh that that was passed down and job had an issue with fear uh he would he would give a sacrifice in the morning in case his children had uh sinned he would give a sacrifice uh for his children just in case So he was afraid his children were going to go astray. Um, And then there was some back and forth in Job with God and the devil and all of that. But the point I want to, and he lost his fortune. And at the end, Job got his fortune back when he prayed for his friends. So when he thought about his friends instead of himself, his fortune came back. But uh, this story kind of reminded me of that because Key is looking for something for his children as if he's not satisfied with the lives they have or the life he has is uh, kind of what I'm thinking. And then when something's presented, he backs up like he said, oh, no, that's that's not a good thing. Um, when even the the expert says that if he's given meals, that uh, the blessings reach out to the family. So he's going to get benefit from that too. But he saw that as a misfortune. I think they both should have gone to hell and <laughs> What I found confusing was why, like the, the end paragraph of the chapter when they say that, you know, Key was, no, Quan was captured. His legs were cut off and then he was sold to the government. 
And then, like, how is it that Quan is the fortunate one? Well, because he had, he was given, uh, uh, he was provided for all of his life. He had meat and wine the rest of his life. Yes, but no feet. He's got no feet. He's a slave. <laughs> yeah. But no feet. Right. Yeah. I have a hard time capture that to why he's the fortunate one. Yes, you get, he get food and wine, but, but like it says earlier up there, it's, it's, it's the joy only through the belly and mouth. Right. So it's really the fortunate one. And he this, said that isn't there more to life yeah. than that. He, and it's interesting how it says, him and his sons, uh, uh, they have no wish but to wander at liberty through earth and heaven. He's not wandering anywhere. No, he's not no. going nowhere without me. Yeah. No, it's almost it's the opposite of what he saw as following the Tao. Mm. And is it something like the, the story of the farmer with the horses that run off? Um, it's not about fortune. It's not about good fortune or bad fortune. It's about staying in the battle. Well, that's the thing, Lou. A lot of us, we think we know what's good and bad, but we really don't know. You know, I don't know. Quan might have thought that was good, that he had, he wasn't going to go hungry. He had food. He had wine. And he was taking care of the rest of his life. I don't know. Man cannot, uh, man cannot live on bread alone. It's, it's, it's apart from the Bible. Man cannot live on bread alone. He lived as well on meat and wine. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it was. Sorry, you go, Craig. I think that's what Key's saying. I think that's what the dad's saying. Like, you, you can't just live on food and wine. You need, you need all the spiritual stuff in you as well. That's, I think that's really what he's getting at. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's fine to be looked after that way, but what about your, what, what about your mental health? What about your spiritual health? What about everything else that goes along with it? It also, yep. I, I wonder about like his feet being cut off. I can't help but think about like how, you know, in Taoism and Taoist practice, like walking meditation and like to say, Qigong, it's like, well, this man is now unable to move his chair, but he's the fortunate one. I don't know. It's con- I find it confusing. And at the end, uh, he said at the bottom of 145, I have not fought life, yet now this uncanny promise of what I never sought. Good fortune? Like it's a, No, it's not good fortune. And then the next page, he talked about it like a karmic, uh, punishment. Every strange effect has some strange cause. He's thinking, what did he do to cause this? Is his thinking? He's thinking. I'm still confused as to why he even called the fortune teller. Why would he even do that? Is it because the farmer wouldn't? Hmm. The Taoist farmer wouldn't call the fortune. If we compare the father between the Taoist farmer and Key. Dallas Farmer wouldn't call a fortune teller because everything he he just accepted what was and just kept doing the next thing, you know. But can it be different kind of perceptions on it, of it? Of course, the father won't see that's good fortune. He, if he, he well, he, he loses a son, right? And and um, 
and, and cannot see the good fortune in this. He's losing his legs and he's actually a slave for the rest of his life. That's that perception. But then there's perception from the expert and maybe the government, they get a slave from it. So they see it as a good fortune. They say, hey, he gets to eat and, and drink for the rest of his life. So they choose to see it from, 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 from that perception and it benefits them. Maybe Quan saw it as a good thing. We don't know what Quan thought about it. I don't know. If I was Quan, I would be missing my feet. Oh. Anything else, guys? I think the, the master key was just full of fear. Uh, why else would he call someone in to judge his kids? And he also, where it says, um, Key said, what makes this fortune good, meat and wine, a firm mouth and belly, is good fortune only in the mouth and in the belly. These meals of the prince, how shall he share them? But when I read that, I was like, you know, he's awfully interested in, yeah, like how his son is going to meet maybe his expectations. Like he wants his son to share them. He's really getting in and messing around with, um, like, how is that any of his business? Yes. Yeah. Craig? Maybe he's not been working his program and he's starting to let fear creep in because I know if Amy was here, she'd be saying, um, Page 65 or 64, whatever page it is, we're not cured of alcoholism. What we have is a daily reprieve contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. And it sounds like he's not on top of the spiritual condition because he's starting to give in to fear. The part says, I have had no wish for my son and myself. Maybe he's having wishes now. Um... I have not fought life. Maybe he's maybe starting to fight life now. Maybe he's, maybe he doesn't want his sons to grow up and let go of them. So it made his fear worse. Mm-hmm. Then he started thinking he was getting punished for some reason, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, his fear grew. I think he's having maybe a party. Well, maybe it was us. Well, maybe it was out of selfishness. He has eight sons. He wants to know which one's going to take care of him. It doesn't matter if their if their wine gets full of uh, if their stomach gets full of wine and eat. What about him? What's he going to do? What's what's in it for him? What's another possible interpretation? Yeah, but the uh, the expert says that the mother and father get taken care of too if the son is taken care of. So. If that was his only issue, it looks like it says here blessings reach out to all the family, especially the father and mother. So I'm I'm still at a loss. I think it's good to look at the difference between how he approached this and how the Dallas farmer as a father approaches. And we've talked about that story over and over. We're all familiar with it, I think. Um that every issue that came up, he said, maybe it's good, maybe it's not. I don't know. You know, he stayed out of expectations and accepted the moment for what it was. And this guy was not accepting the moment. Are you going to do, are you going to fill in for Amy today, Craig, and give us a big book quote, or do you want me to do it? Um, what one would you like? Because I, I have, I have a book. I have my big book. How about... Um, four seventeen. 
When I stopped living in the problem and began living in the answer, the problem went away. From that moment on, I have not had a single compulsion to drink, and acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When Mm -hmm. I am disturbed, it is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me. I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it's supposed to be at this moment. Mm. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and my attitude. When I hear God's world, I just think of what is, you know, everything. And key was not accepting things as they are. You can see that because first he called in the expert to tell the fortune teller. Then, then after the fortune teller told him what it was, he started saying, no, this can't be this way. Why is this? Why is that? And then going into fear and guilt and, uh, karmic consequences and all these other things. So much different than the Dallas farmer would have done. If the Dallas farmer had called in the fortune teller, he would have told him, he said, hmm, maybe it is, maybe it is. And I guess is the answer because that's what's his answer for everything. The neighbors would have probably came over and said, isn't it good that Quan's going to have meat and drink all of his life? And his answer would have been, well, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Hmm. Not start bellyaching about it. You know, we got to be careful what we pray for, I think, too. Um, for me, for example, let's say I desire to uh, be more patient. And I ask the universe to help me be more patient. What's going to happen? I'm going to get lines to stand in at Walmart is what's going to happen. I'm going to get <laughs> frustrations and aggravations with all kinds of things that cause me to be patient. I don't just get a light from heaven and get patience sent down to me. Oh, you know, and suddenly I'm patient, you know, no, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. Right. It has to be worked in me. Patience has to be worked in me. So this good fortune had to be worked in the Quan. And how was it worked in the Quan? By having his feet cut off was what was the cost of the good fortune. And through acceptance, right? If you can accept that and he gets the food, then then you're right. Then then you can. I guess what choice do you have, really, then? And that's always it. We think we have a choice, but we really don't. Acceptance is our only path to peace, in my in my thinking. It's the only way I have found any kind of uh, sanity and any kind of uh, peace in life is by accepting what is. Now, that doesn't mean I approve of what is, but I have to accept it like it is before I can change it. Mm-hmm. That's different. Acceptance is not approval. Well, just look at Quan. He got his feet cut off. He needs to accept his, he, he's, he has no feet. You know, I mean, he can be mad and he can be angry. He could, all of that, but he's not going to be happy no matter how. You know, how much food and wine he drinks if he doesn't accept his situation. Yep. 
Um, yeah, I just had a question as well and would love to hear feedback about the point where it's still that last paragraph. So he's captured. The brigands decide to sell him as a slave. And then they sold him to the government of Chi. So the government of Chi paid paid for him and bought a slave. The government bought a slave and then popped him in a chair at the toll gate. The government sounds pretty bad to me. Or am I reading that incorrectly? I think you're reading it correctly. I think that was their practice is what I understand, Phil. I mean, I think that's how it worked at that time. I think the government would probably have better use with somebody that had legs or had feet. So they were using them at the toll because he couldn't move. He just sat down, right? You just sit there and you do that. That's yeah. like the checkout girl at the, well, the checkout person, though you shouldn't be sexist, checkout person at Walmart that Buddy loves. You know, just sat there and scanning stuff and, you know, the, maybe that's right. And, and they would, everybody with feet, they would probably send them off to the army or, find manual jobs that they could do rather than having waste wasting somebody that could do that sat at all. And they say, like, there's your there's your meat, there's your wine, crack on it. That's that's your part. Mm. It actually says though, Craig, that they believed they could not sell him as he was, that the government would not pay for him without his feet cut off, that if uh, with his feet cut off, he was a dedicated toll worker. And he couldn't mm-hmm. run off. He couldn't steal the money. He was stuck there. So it benefited the government for him to have no feet. That's how the story there was. That. Yeah, there goes that theory. Was that theory. That I mean, that's what it says, that they sold him to the government of Chi and put him in charge of a toll gate on the highway. They believed they could not sell him as he was, so they cut off his feet. Thus, he was unable to run away and was a better bargain. I mean, that sounds so cruel. That's that's just beyond our thinking that that could even happen, right? Right, right. You know, there was a level of acceptance that had to be for Quan and for Keith, both. Do you think it's... Oh, I'm sorry. Um, significant that the um, government of Chi... Uh, chi being the meaning for life force, or is that just sort of a coincidence or something? Uh, it could be, Chris. I thought it was sort of weird. Yeah, me too. I noticed that. I was like, Chi, vital breath. I was like, why is the government named that? <laughs> right. Another thing that I highlighted here and I was like that's interesting me I don't quite understand it I'm interested in this little verse is where it says on page 145 after he's saying how shall he share um, these fortunes if they're just of the mouth and the belly he says I'm I am no shepherd and a lamb is suddenly born in my house I am no gamekeeper and quails are born in my yard these are awful portents like awful forecasts but I get what he's saying, like he, um, he doesn't have the training for those things. He's not trained as a shepherd, but then he all of a sudden he's going to be looking after a lamb, and he's not a gamekeeper, but he's going to have quails. And I was, yeah, interested in that verse in the context of the story and what it's saying. Like I couldn't make sense of it. All right. Yeah. Except that um, 
he's not taking things as they are. Um, that's the only relationship that, that I could come up with there. It seems so out of place. <laughs> I agree, Chris. I think that uh, the way I saw that was he saying, why is the expert telling us Quan's going to be the fortunate one? I have followed the Tao all of my life. Why am I getting this um, um, prophecy that is so out of place for me? You know, he said it would be like, I'm not a shepherd, but a lamb yeah. is born in my house. You know, right. uh, you know, I'm not a gamekeeper, but I was, all of a sudden there's quail here. Why, why? This is not what I deserve, in other words. Mm-hmm. But yet... He asks the expert, tell me who is the fortunate one. So it looks like the expert just said the fortunate one is this one. Um, was he thinking the fortune was going to be something different than what it was? Well, there's no issue with which one, which son it was, and apparently in the story. That seems to not be the point at all, right? I don't think so, Chris. I think it was just what he, uh, what, it, what the prophecy what the was. Result was going to be, yeah, yeah. And if the thing, the the bit real elephant in the room is that the prophecy came true in spite of what he did uh, to to subvert it or you know against it. So, and it came true in such a way that the father would not have wanted, right. Or no one would have wanted. Yeah, the first thing I thought of was parents that want their kids to be attorneys or doctors or something, and it doesn't quite work out that way initially, but then and it does. You know, some somebody who wants their son to be a or daughter to be a corporate lawyer or, or something, and they wind up being a, an environmental lawyer or something like that, or. A, <laughs> you know, they sort of cast it in a modern light, right? Or like the guy, the, the parent, the mom said, you can be whoever you want to be, and it became an identity theft. I didn't quite catch it's, all that. It's supposed to be a joke. The guy, the, guy, uh-huh. the, mom, the mom says, you can be whoever you want to be, and the guy becomes an identity theft. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I really think this is uh, fear and acceptance. Mm-hmm. Because uh, he definitely was not happy about something, or he wouldn't have been calling in uh, the fortune teller to to look at his sons, because that's very non-Dallas for him to do that. Not accepting mm-hmm. what is, and it's very much not like, the phrase he used in 145 saying what they did. So it's not that at all. So he must have had some fear of some type, or he wouldn't have called the seer. Mm. But if if Quan is the fortunate one, don't you have to have the other seven kids into perspective and then see what they're doing? Why are they not fortunate compared to, to Quan? Well, you said kind of have something to measure it up with. Don't you need that? Uh, in, in, I don't in that know. They, they had the. They said that the reason he's fortunate is because he's provided for. Yes. He so he doesn't. You know, at that time, you know, people starve. 
So it's not like here. Yeah, that's. So he always had food and he always had drink, but it cost him his feet. Hmm. So I guess, you know, you could talk acceptance. You could talk, hmm, am I willing to pay the price or do I really know what I'm asking for? Um, it's that idea too, if you wanted to flip it to sobriety, it could be the idea that, uh, how sobriety costs you, uh, we have to change everything. Yeah. You know, we have to surrender it all. We can't hold yes. anything back. Yeah. You could say in sobriety, you, you might've lost your family with those who has, but still you have, you have gained everything. Right. So that's kind of that, that that might be a good comparative. And you're right when it's written in, in those times. I mean, if it is from Laos, so that's 5,000 years ago, it was not, I mean, food, food and water was not a guarantee every day. Right. So yes, I can see that. It's just in, in my modern mind is such a big cost though to, to lose your feet. <laughs> no more walking meditation for key. For Quan. Yeah, for Quan. Yeah, for Quan. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what's good or bad, do we? And there's another quote with that: "We don't know what's good or bad." And if I don't know what's good or bad for me, I don't know what's good or bad for you. Oh, here it is, Papa Four Eighteen. Today, I find it the best thing that ever happened to me being an alcoholic. This proves I don't know what's good for me. And if I don't know what's good for me, then I don't know what's good or bad for you or for anyone. So I'm better off if I don't give advice, don't figure I know what's best and just accept life on life's terms as it is today, especially my own life as it actually is. So, I mean, how many of us thought that being an alcoholic, those of us that are alcoholic, was the worst thing in the world that could happen to us? Yeah, I did. And now we can see for me, it's one of the, actually, if I had not been an alcoholic, I, I don't think I would have uh, found the gifts I have found because it caused me to have to surrender to a level that I would not have surrendered otherwise. I don't think I would have found the key to sobriety, the key that's working everything else if I was not an alcoholic. So that's my feet being cut off. You could look at it that way. What if I prayed a prayer when I was young that I really wanted to know God? Okay. I really want to know you regardless of what it takes. Wow. And I become an alcoholic. And then through being an alcoholic, I find, uh, I find this power greater than myself and start having a, an awakening in my life that I would not have had otherwise. Hmm. I could imagine you doing that. Wasn't you a youth minister, buddy? Did you pray for that earlier? <laughs> so so yeah, maybe you did become an alcoholic, huh? I were well I I was very active in youth yeah. when I was yeah. So yeah, you know, that's that could be the proverbial feet cutting off. Mm. Hmm. Any other thoughts? Reminds me somehow of Victor Frankel, who was a Jewish um, psychiatrist that was in German concentration camps during the war and came out and decided that 
they can t- they can take everything away from you, but they can't take away your choice. That's the one thing that you have reserved. And you might substitute acceptance there. You might substitute other words for it. But whatever the fortunes give you, you still have your own reaction to it. Thanks, Lou. I I can see that. You know, you know I've just got to get out of the judgment business. You know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Accepting the moment for what it is, not attaching the expectations of wanting things to be different when they're not. Mm. And you've got really two levels of acceptance here. You got the acceptance of the father key, and then you've got the acceptance of the son Quan. The son has to accept on a whole nother level. Yes. But the story doesn't tell what what Quan feels about it, right? But he, but but his actions have to be the same thing, though, Dennis. If he wants to yeah. be happy, yeah, yeah, it's all about acceptance in the end. Back to that story that you keep saying it even it is or it isn't, right? It doesn't really matter. Um, that's interesting. Hmm. But it's so funny because it's so easy to feel sympathy for uh, for 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 Quan, right? Yes, it is. But maybe that's pity, misplaced pity, like we're saying. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Phil. Anything else, guys? This has been a this has been one of our most difficult ones, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel necessarily comfortable with how it's wrapped up. Do you? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's got to be acceptance, though, Chris. Mm. How else can it be? You know, um, I mean, Quan no. was taken care of, but in a way that we would not think was good, that his feet were cut off. I mean, the bandits could have just killed him instead. They wanted to make a profit. They did. Yeah. Hmm. So the story, the conclusion of the story that he was the fortunate one out of all the children and the, the father. Hmm. That's interesting. Assuming he was accepting of his fate. Or maybe the guy who wrote this story was an alcoholic as well, and it, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but don't you see the correlation, though, Dennis, between uh, our alcoholism and then uh, the story of Quan with having his feet cut off, but yet he's provided for? In that, in his suffering, he had meat and drink the rest of his life. Yes. Yeah. Well, I can see it, but but as an alcoholic, it, it, we're so selfish. It's one thing we have to give up, but then we'll get the uh, then we're going to live a life sick into none. Actually, right here, it's a little bit different. Giving up your feet, and and then well, then you get food and and um, and and wine. But maybe it is because we're taking food and 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 wine or water, for so we take it for so granted in our age, right? So it's uh, it is it is it, it could be a big gift. So acceptance—that's the only thing I can get out of it too. That's true. I had a sponsee that couldn't get sober, and I asked him. I said, "Have you prayed the prayer yet?" And, and he said, "What prayer is that?" I said, "Tell God you want to get sober regardless of what it takes." He said, I'm not willing to pray that. I said, well, until you do, I doubt you're able to get sober because that is surrender. I remember the first time I prayed 
regardless of what it takes. I heard myself say it. And then my Amelia said, oh, shit, what did I just say? You know, it was like it came from deep within me, you know, like something I really wanted to. It was a surrender was what it was. Um, but when we're when we're to that point of of surrender, um, we can trust things work out like they need to work out. Maybe this was yeah. the best thing for Quan. Maybe if Quan did not uh, have his feet cut off to where he could not go and leave, maybe maybe he would have starved to death. Who knows? Who knows what Quan would have done? You know, there are there are people who who seek um, a good steak and a, a bottle of wine every day. You know, that's their. I mean, that's sort of their goal in life, right? It's the barbecue and the wine. Um, so he was given uh, what a lot of people seek their whole life. <laughs> and especially at that time, Chris, when when it was yeah. much more difficult to have enough food and and have just basic provisions than what we have in the modern world. All right. Yeah. I'll say for a weird alcoholic, that's just the dream of a lifetime, right? Just meat and wine for the rest of my life, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. What else, guys? Anything else before we close? It's definitely acceptance, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I just have to accept the moment for what it is, don't add any fear wanting it to be different than it is and know that it just works out like it needs to work out. That, that brings peace. That's the only thing that brings peace to this story is, is acceptance. But I, I didn't see any big uh, aha moments like I, I normally do in some of the other readings. Yeah. Right. Well, Keith, me neither. Keith though, he, he, at the bottom of 145, he said, I have not fought life. I thought that was interesting where he talked about following the Tao and gave a description of what following the Tao would look like. You know, I seek no joy for them, for my children or me, uh, but joy of heaven, simple fruits of the earth, no advantage, make no plans, engage in no business with my boys. I seek Tao alone. So he saw mm-hmm. the Tao. He, did, he says he saw the Tao uh, alone, but obviously he had some fear, I think. Yes, he says, I've yes. not fought life. But that is kind of fighting life. If you're, fear, if you're afraid of the future, you need that fortune teller to tell you who is the fortune in one of my sons. Exactly. Right? So, so, yes. so his accent is, is not cohesive with his words. Yes. That's what I'm thinking, Dennis. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting. He gives a good description there of what following the Tao, I think, is. You know, he doesn't fight life. We learned that from, you know. We cease fighting anything and anyone, you know, even alcohol, you know. So this is part of our uh, our path is is learning how to uh, to not fight life. And part of not fighting is accepting what is in yeah. this moment yeah. as it is. That's the only thing. Money in the other story was in the other story was kind of the same thing. He was a student in the The other story was the breath of nature. 
and he talked about he had some understanding about the Tao there. It says that he said something is blowing on a thousand different holes. Some power stands behind all this and makes the sounds die down. What is this power? So he had some understanding, Master Key. And this was a conversation between uh, Key and you. But it was just talking about that, that there is a power greater is this the breath of nature is what it's called. Page 38, 39. Mm. in the same book uh, but his his actions did not line up do what Luke? I, I was thinking of someone else i guess okay yeah you know, we have to accept the moment for what it is and then we can change it if we need to you know if it's something that's changeable that's fine but we have to accept it first i mean Quan had to accept that his feet were cut off and he was a slave. Now, he may have just changed some things about that, but he had to accept that first because that was not changing at that moment. Maybe he could work himself out of slavery. Who knows? But he had to accept his situation the way it was. Well, his father sent him on a journey, too. Yeah. So his father had confidence in him and trusted him. Hmm. Anything else, guys? Yeah, if y'all get any epiphanies on the story, just jot them down. We'll talk about them before we do our our uh, study for next week. If y'all come up with anything during the week that we need to add to this. Because sometimes, you know, things just bubble up as the week goes on, mm-hmm. especially on a story like this. And if anybody listening can shed any light in it, join the Facebook page and just comment in it as well. Um, yeah. Great. Thank you, Craig. Okay, well, we'll just stop there then. For now, let's just, I'm um, thinking acceptance. Maybe somebody can shine some more light on this story. Anything else, guys, before we close? All minds confused at the moment? Yep. <laughs> okay, well, y'all have a great week. We'll see you next week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.